Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, for those who haven't seen that before, you haven't had the opportunity to watch it with a kid, that's Baby Shark. And that song will probably be stuck in your mind this afternoon when you go to lunch. I'm just giving you warning. Um, anyway. Well, that video, it was released by the South Korean educational media startup called Pink Fong. You know, that was the first thing that came up on the video, right? It was released on November the 25th, 2015. As of February the 28th, 2019, the video has been viewed 2.5 billion times. I mean, it's not really surprising, but when you start thinking about 2.5 billion times, that's like half the world's population. It's, since it was launched on YouTube in 2015, it's also been reproduced in several languages. And it has various variations, like little kids that pop up and, you know, and, and all kinds of hand motions and all that good stuff. Well, these days, when something becomes that popular, garner, garnering the attention of millions or billions of people, it's referred to as going viral. Have you heard that term? Now... I grew up with that term meaning that somebody got sick. <laughs> you know, you got a, had a viral infection and then, you know, and you had to go to the doctor. They couldn't give you penicillin for it. You just kind of had to let it run its course. <coughs> well, and, and this year's kind of been like that. I mean, uh, I've talked to many people that you've had a cough or you had, had some, you know, inflammation or something that just didn't go away because the weather just didn't, didn't cooperate. It's been a, been a great way to start the year. Well, thanks to the internet and social media, the term viral has gained a, an additional meaning. It refers to an image or a video, a piece of information, something like what we've just watched, that's been circulated rapidly and widely from one internet user to another in a short amount of time. And when that happens, that information has gone viral, kind of like a virus. And it's become a household word. Baby shark is just one example. And I was just doing some research this week. I probably should have been doing something else. But the top five viral videos on YouTube after Baby Shark... Now, starting with number five was 
Susan Boyle, I don't know how many of you remember her from, from Britain's Got Talent, launched a, a musical career. Number, that was number five. That's been watched millions of times. Not quite billions, but millions. And then there's another video that's called number four. It's called The Ultimate Dog Tease. If you've seen this, it's a, a, a guy that's he's talking to his dog and he's tempting him with bacon and he's tempting him with meat and he's acting as a ventriloquist and the dog is making these, these motions with his mouth and it almost appears that the dog is talking. And so if you, if you just haven't seen that one and would like to, that's called The Ultimate Dog Tease. You can go find that on YouTube this afternoon. Number three is the sneezing baby panda. Have you seen that one? The baby panda's sitting there and he sneezes and he falls over and, and then rolls over on his side. And it goes over and over and over again. That's like 800 million times that that video was watched. Number two on the list is the evolution of dance. How many of you saw that one? One guy, and he's playing all this music over the decades, and it goes from one, one dance to the other. And he, and, and he, he does it quite well, I, I might add. I, I, I can't dance, and so it's, it's, it was fun for me to watch to see the guy do all the different dances. And number one, and, I, and I'm sure there's a few of you that have seen this one, it's called Charlie Bit My Finger. Oh, yeah. Two little British boys are sitting together and for some unknown reason the older brother sticks his finger in the younger brother's mouth and he bites him. And the little boy says, Ow, Charlie, that hurt! <laughs> anyway, that's, that's YouTube for you this morning. I'm continuing my series in the Gospel of Mark and I'm calling my message this morning Jesus Goes Viral. Now, over the past few weeks, we've been in the Gospel of Mark, and we've seen how Jesus' ministry was beginning to take off in the region of, of Galilee where he lived. Everywhere Jesus went, he proclaimed the message, and we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. It's time! The kingdom of God is here! Repent and believe the good news. This is what he said everywhere. He went to the synagogue. He went out into the streets proclaiming that message. And when he proclaimed the good news, he demonstrated the presence of the kingdom of God by healing the sick and delivering people from evil spirits. Now long before we had the internet, there was what we know as word of mouth. The old-fashioned way of getting the word out. And as the old saying goes, good news travels fast. Bad, bad news travels faster. But it's still a very effective form of communication. If something is good, people will spread the word. And as we've seen in, in the Gospel of Mark over the past several weeks, word of this amazing healer, this teacher that had such authority that like they had never seen before, it was, the word was spreading like wildfire. Everywhere he went, there were people that were wanting Jesus to touch them. That they wanted Jesus to, to heal them or deliver their child who was, who was maybe under the influence of an evil spirit. 
And so that brings us to our text this morning in Mark chapter 1, verse 40. We're almost through with chapter 1, by the way. We've been, been doing this since the first of the year. And uh, I hope you enjoy kind of taking it slow. I, I, I really like the Gospel of Mark because you can get the entire story of Jesus in, in, a, in just a few chapters. But in verse 40... It's, Mark says, A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But the man went out and spread the word proclaiming to everyone what had happened. And as a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. This story is one of my favorites in terms of Jesus stories that are in the Bible. A man that was suffering from one of the most feared diseases that existed in, in the ancient world. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. If it, in, in those times, if you got a disease, good luck. Hopefully, you know, maybe something might happen. Maybe, you know, you didn't get it real bad and, 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 it, and it just, you know, your, your immune system fought it off. But chances were, if you got sick, if you contracted something that was a death sentence and leprosy was just one of those diseases the only problem with leprosy was is that whenever you contracted it it would just eat away at your body and what eventually killed a person who had leprosy was the fact that it just consumed their entire body and they just they, their, their body couldn't function anymore now, Mark doesn't go into a lot of detail about how infected this man was. But one thing we have to remember is that in the first century, lepers were required by Jewish law to live outside of town. They had colonies where these people lived together. They were not allowed to have contact with clean people because they were afraid of the disease spreading. And if a, a clean person ever came close to a person that had leprosy, that person was required by law, the person with the disease, they had to call out, unclean, unclean. Now, if you can imagine, in a, in a society like that, a person is, is telling people, get away from me, I, I'm, I'm unclean. Can you imagine the, the stigma that that puts on a person? 
I mean, they, they, they had no personal contact with any other person, maybe except for someone who was in the leper colony. That meant that if they had family, they told them goodbye. And they might be able to see each other. Maybe they could talk to one another from a distance, but there was never any personal contact from the time that that person contracted that disease. And it's, it's almost like, you know, in our society, if you've ever come across someone who's a, a panhandler or, you know, you've gone under an overpass in Houston, somebody carrying a sign, what do you do when you see one of those people? Especially if you're at a stoplight. Don't make eye contact. I mean, have you ever done that? I, 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 you know, the guy that wants to wash your window, you know, gets the, gets the squeegee out and wants to clean your windshield, and usually they end up making it dirtier, you know? I mean, th these were the people that, that they, they were in society, but they were invisible. No one paid them any attention. They ignored them because they didn't want to somehow contract the disease. I mean, how close is too close? Yeah. You know? I mean, is, is it an airborne thing? I mean, you know, what if we're breathing the same air and I, I'm, I'm close to a, a person with, with leprosy? I, I, could, I could catch that disease. It's kind of like, and I remember whenever the AIDS virus was first announced in the 80s. And people didn't know how to respond to that. I remember visiting a lady in the hospital and we had to wear all of this protective stuff because they didn't, they didn't want us to... Actually, they didn't want us to infect her with what we might have brought in. And, and that's, that's the nature of what, what Jesus was dealing with. This is what this man was dealing with his entire life. He was invisible to society. He was on his own. He, he, was, he was outside of the camp, as, as Scripture talks about. He wasn't part of the society. Well, in spite of being on the fringes, somehow this man heard about Jesus. Maybe it was, it was the fact that, that the group that Jesus was with, they came, came walking by and, and they just happened to hear about Him. Maybe it was someone that, that spread the word and, and maybe there was a leper who happened to be in the, in the vicinity and they spread the word among the camp. That there's this, this man, he, I, I, I don't know how he does it, but he heals people. Maybe we could be healed. And so I imagine what, what ended up happening. This, this man comes to Jesus when nobody else is around. Because you, you can imagine what would happen. If, if there are other people standing around, the leper comes to Jesus, get away from him, you're unclean. Get away from the teacher. You don't want to infect him. Yeah. I mean, this was the reality of what they were dealing with. And so this man sees the opportunity. This is my shot. This is my opportunity. I'm going to go to Jesus and maybe, just maybe, He'll be willing to heal me. 
And Mark says that he came to Jesus and he actually begged, Lord Jesus, please heal me. Well, I want you to see this morning what happened in this exchange. He expressed faith. He knew that Jesus could heal him if he wanted to. And so Jesus responded to the man's faith. And He did several things. He acknowledged the man. First of all, He saw him. He didn't pretend like He wasn't there. He saw the man. And I imagine He looked him right in the eyes. And He was moved. Mark says, He was moved with compassion. That He understood what suffering this man had gone through. Not just what was going on in his physical body, but what was going on in his, in his heart, in his, in his soul. The, the loneliness that he was experiencing. He understood what the man, how he was suffering. And then, he did something that did not happen in the culture. Yeah. He touched the man. Do you realize how big a deal that was? They were required not to touch someone with leprosy. All the fear and anxiety about that. If you touch them, you could catch the disease. Jesus wasn't afraid of the disease. He wasn't afraid of catching leprosy. He touched the man and let him know, I acknowledge you as a person. And then He said, I am willing to heal you. In other words, I want to do this for you. And he commanded the man to be healed. He said, be healed. And Mark says the leprosy just disappeared. His skin cleared up just like a baby's. Now, I, I said earlier, this is, my, this is one of my favorite Jesus stories. Because in this interaction with the leper, Jesus reflects the heart of the Father towards each of us. Yes. How many times have we been in a place like, Lord, if you would just do this for me. Lord, if you would just... And the Lord's heart. Jesus shows us that the Father's heart toward us is, I want to do this for you. I want to heal you. I want to see your kids saved. I want to see the people in your life whole and well. I want this for you. That's what Jesus was telling that man and that's what the Father is, is saying through Jesus to us. The leper needed to know that God saw him and loved him. And Jesus gave him back his life. And that's what Jesus does for each and every one of us. Just as He said in the Gospel of John, in John chapter 10, Jesus said the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Another translation says life, and that life abundantly. If you feel like your life is heading in the wrong direction, 
It's never too late to turn things around. And that's the heart of the Jesus story. Jesus is in the business of giving hope and changing people's lives. Now, before I wrap up this morning, I want to look at this last part of the passage where Jesus told the man to be quiet about being healed. Now, you might be, and Shauna asked me this question earlier this week, why would Jesus tell a man who just got healed of one of the most feared diseases in the ancient world? You need to be quiet about that. Don't go tell anybody. I mean, if something good happens to us, what's the first thing we want to do? Post it on Facebook. Okay, let everybody know. Post it on Facebook. Take a picture and, and post it on Instagram. You know, that, that's what we want to do. You just got a great deal at Walmart. Guess what? You're taking a picture of that thing. Ha, ha, ha. Look what I got. That, we, we want to let people know. But I think there were a couple of reasons why Jesus wanted this man to, to follow this protocol that he told him about. First of all, I think Jesus wanted to let everybody know that he wasn't just some miracle worker or that he, you know, some, some kind of, you know, a diviner, a man of tricks, if you will. Because there were people that they, and we, we read about this in, in the book of Acts, that there was a guy that actually, you know, he, he did all these, these, these magical tricks and he wanted, he wanted to be able to do what the disciples did whenever they prayed for people and they received the Holy Spirit. He's like, oh, you've got to show me how to do that. Yeah. Remember that story? There were people, the charlatans all the time, they wanted to get attention. You know, they made a living doing this kind of stuff. And Jesus was drawing a distinction between them and him in that, you know, I'm not just some, some miracle worker. I'm not just some, you know, diviner. I'm actually the Son of God. I'm the Messiah. I'm the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And my purpose here is to share the good news that the kingdom has come. And so I'm not going to be caught up in all this stuff with, with tricks and trying to impress people. And at one point he was dealing with the Pharisees, and you may remember this exchange. They told Jesus, show us a sign and then we'll believe who you are. Yeah. Remember? Show us a sign. Well, he just gotten through explaining that he was the Son of God. He just got through explaining Scripture to them. Well, show us a miracle, and then we'll believe. And he said in, in Matthew chapter 12, only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. You see, Jesus didn't have anything to prove. His, his authority spoke for itself. He was the Son of God. And he wasn't just doing tricks just to impress everybody. And the other thing is that Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Matthew 5.17, when Jesus was on, in, in His Sermon on the Mount, He told the people who were listening, don't misunderstand why I've come. I did not come to abolish the law 
of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. The priests of Jesus' day, they still had a job to do. And in Leviticus chapter 14, it described what their purpose was. If someone came to the temple and, and, and said, I've been healed of a disease like leprosy, they had their protocol that they went through. They examined the person and they, they, they looked at the skin and, and according to what the law prescribed, then they would pronounce, you've been healed. And so that's what Jesus told this guy to do. And the thing about Mark's account, he doesn't really tell us what happened in terms of did he actually go to the priest. But Mark does say that he went out and he told everyone. He told everyone. If you can imagine, and, and you know, this, this guy, he's been living on the edge of society for, for however, however many years. And so this was his opportunity. And I can imagine he, he, didn't, have, he didn't care about you know, the, the personal space or anything like that. He's telling everybody, I got healed of leprosy. I was healed. Jesus healed me. I'm well. I'm clean. And people might not have even recognized him because his skin had been restored. Anyway, but in those, in those few, few weeks, in, and we've only covered just a few weeks of Jesus' ministry in, in Mark chapter 1, but there were hundreds of these kinds of stories that were happening. People who were being healed. Peter's mother-in-law. And the man who was, who was delivered by an evil, from an evil spirit. All of these people, they had received something from Jesus and they were testifying to everybody about what had, what had taken place. And as a result, Mark says that the word spread so rapidly that Jesus could not enter a town like he had before. It wasn't a big deal. He just he and his his four disciples they would just walk into town and they could just walk in the front door and you know and just be themselves. Now they had to prepare themselves for the crowds because the word had gotten out. Jesus had gone viral. Yeah. Now would you stand with me this morning? Scripture tells us that the ministry of Jesus continued through His disciples and was passed on to us through the centuries, through the, through the church. His ministry continued in the church and it's still with us today. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can experience restoration, we can experience healing. We can experience renewal. We can experience everything that the Lord has for each one of us. So if you're here this morning and, and you need hope, you need healing, you need life, you need peace, it's available here for you today.